Let's do it. We're official again okay. for the 10th time. All right. Welcome back. You are tuned in to the Brutally Honest Loan Officer Podcast. I am Derek Brown. And I am Stephen Brock. We are both loan officers with the mortgage firm. So, Derek, how was your week last week? It was a little bit up and down the, the mortgage world. Are we talking personal or business? Personally, I had a wonderful week. Uh, one, a good friend of mine got married, so we got to take a little quick vacation to Isla Mirada. That was wonderful. Uh, but work-wise, I got punched in the face. How about you? Literally? <laughs> you literally got punched in the face? No, I felt <laughs> like it. Uh, we had so many gains for the week. Interest rates were going down. It just seemed like the rainbow, like we were heading towards the end of it, light at the end of the tunnel, whatever you want to say. Uh, and then a BLS jobs report comes out on Friday and just erases all the gains that we had had. Like if you were looking at an interest rate on Thursday and you went to lock it on Friday, you were probably locking at like a quarter to half a point higher. It, it's crazy. So yeah, the Fed, the Fed came out. They basically said what everybody predicted them to say. They weren't really doing anything. Um, and it looked, yeah, which is what we expected. Like yeah, they, we weren't expected gonna, that. they weren't going to do a, a rate cut this early in the year. There's like a 50, 50 shot of maybe March, but most likely like May. Something yeah. like that. And that's what all of us have been expecting. So anytime it's going along what we're expecting, that's kind of good for the market. Yeah. I mean, yeah. exactly what Sherry said on our last podcast. Like, this is what she was expecting to get to do is exactly what happened. Yeah. You know, all, all signs are pointing that maybe second quarter. And then that job report comes out, which shows that jobs are doing really good. Okay. ADP jobs report came out earlier that week and then was, again, what we expected. Yeah. And then the BLS jobs report came out and said there was like two hundred thousand dollar or two hundred thousand more jobs created, and like it's just unexpected. Yeah, and it just doesn't make sense. Like it just it almost feels like a bogus jobs report. And what I hate about some of these things is then they come back a couple weeks later, a month later, and there's revisions. Yeah, you know, and so they're like actually there there weren't three hundred thousand dollar job or three. I keep on saying dollar. There weren't three hundred thousand jobs. Um, we it was wrong by like two hundred thousand. Yeah, but hey. it's already the effect of it has hit into place right now. So, so it wasn't expected. So I mean, I get people asking like, so why is a good jobs report hurt? Inter you know, the interest rate. Well, that means they can hold lowering interest rates longer. Like they don't have to lower. The economy is showing that it can be. It's fine where it's at, and they can just hold before they drop the rates. They don't right. need to, that the economy is Some of it's just so misleading too. So like if there is, you know, somebody, and I'm just going to use like a teacher, for example, um, but a teacher who um, ends up getting a second job in order to pay her bills or his bills, they consider that a job creation. Oh, like they started driving for Uber, job creation. Yeah. No, they can't afford what they have on their one like full-time job. That shouldn't be considered a job creation. And then like you got Christmas tree stands opening. Ooh, job creations. No, it's seasonal. Like it'll be gone in two months. Nope, job creation. So it's like this report comes out. Yay, job creations. And then it gets revised later, but it's just the turmoil that it does in the market. And then over the weekend, Jerome Powell decides to go on 60 Minutes and run his mouth and basically say like, we're not ready for rate cuts anytime soon. And that like affects the market too, even though it shouldn't because he doesn't just 
100% hold the only vote for rate cuts, rate hikes. It's voted on by like the different um, Fed presidents and stuff like that. So um, I just, I don't know, man. It's just one of those things. It's just annoying the way the week went. Like we're doing great. We're doing great. This is looking phenomenal. And then kapow. Yeah. It was like, Not the, so much. you know, the Fed, <laughs> hey, all those rate hikes are working. We're doing great now. Like we can start seeing what we'll wait and let it do its thing. Oh, suddenly the jobs are great. Oh, Powell wants to come in and start talking for no apparent reason, really, on it. Like, yeah, he well, doesn't... Doing 60 Minutes. Get off 60 Minutes, dude. Yeah. Go read into the BLS jobs report and learn what it like, what it's really saying, and then come back to us. Come on. Get off 60 Minutes. So, He's just looking for some limelight, I guess. Maybe so. Maybe so. But let's go on our topic today. So all yeah. – all the ups and downs of last week on the mortgage world, but today we're going to be talking on is all debt considered bad debt? Ooh, okay. So <clears throat> debt is often seen as like a bad four-letter world in the financial industry. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's always a bad thing. There's good debt and bad debt. So like, what's your take on good debt versus bad debt? So uh, not all debt is created equal. So there's there there are times when you know reoccurring debt can actually you can use it to kind of you know leverage it and prop it up and have a financial move on there with it. Right. So okay, let's start with the basics. There's what we call good debt and bad debt. Good debt is considered anything that may help you increase your net worth or generate future income. So like. A mortgage on a home uh, can help you increase, you know, as it appre like your your net worth will increase as the appreciation goes up. You pay the loan balance down, and then you have an asset there that's worth several hundred thousand dollars. Um, let's see, an education that could lead to a higher salary. So taking out a student loan in order to get that education that could be considered a good debt. Um, a business loan that allows a business owner to get past startup phase or allows them to buy equipment to take their business to the next level, that can be considered a good debt. But when we say this, not all of those situations are just simply good across the board either. You know, so there's a little bit to pay attention to. Yeah, on the flip side of it, you there there's the bad debt that usually refers to debt that um, when you purchase it, it, the asset starts depreciating almost immediately. Um, they don't really, provide a good return on investment. Um, credit card debt is often right into this. Um, one, just because it's the it's high interest. look at car loans, yep. Yeah, car loan. What is the typical thing? How much is your car worth when you drive it off the lot? Yeah, significantly half. less like, than what you just paid yeah. for it. Whatever you pay for, it's half as soon as you drive it off. Like that's what everybody always talks about. So, I mean, you need that car. So that debt makes sense, but it's not a way of you, the appreciation is, is not there with it. Right, but that's also like, you know, that's a brand new car, you know? So then when people say that you also need to get to work. So mm -hmm. is it a good debt, but it's a bad, so that's what we're going to dive into a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll dive a little bit deeper. So not all good debt is good. Um, and what I'm explaining there is like, let's take, cause we do mortgages. So let's take uh mortgage. For example, it can be seen as a good debt. Um, in order to buy a house, you don't need a mortgage if you can pay cash. 
So my first house was over $300,000. I did not have $300,000 to pay cash for that house. We took out a loan, we put a little bit down, and then we just made our mortgage payment as if we had been paying rent. Um, I did apply a little bit extra towards principal. And then later we ended up selling our house and our net, like the price of the home had appreciated to over 500,000. And then next thing you know, we had a quarter million dollars in equity um, in net proceeds. You know, So for us, that was a great investment. Um, but I'm also not saying that just because you can buy a house, you should, if your interest rate's gonna be 15% over 40 years, that's probably not a good term. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Um, so would you agree in those circumstances? Yeah, I would. Um, a, a mortgage can be a good debt because it's, you know, it's backed by a physical asset that is actually increasing in value. Typically that always increases in value. Um, it does have some tax advantages with it. You know, that's more getting to the CPA side of things, but it's, it's crucial to buy. If you're buying a home, within your means and and like you said considering those mortgage terms of what they are you know this was very big in the 08 crash i mean there was just crazy mortgage terms and people were buying these houses left and right which in a sense would made would have made sense but you know we're going down a different road with that but it depends on the the term the the if it's your primary home if it's an investment property you know these are all things that come into to consideration with it and I think your key phrase there is within your means. Um, so it just, and I've talked to customers before where um, they might be expecting a child and the mother is going to take a maternity leave and they're not sure if they're going back to work. Well, then we probably shouldn't be buying a house based on dual income. If that's the goal for you guys in six months, that wife may not be returning to work. We might want to look at it in just husband's income, stuff like that. Um, so just just because somebody can't buy a home doesn't always mean that they should. Um, one thing you had mentioned previously was student loans. So many people view student loans as an investment investment in one's future. However, it's super hot topic right now. It's a double-edged sword. Like, yeah, they're good debt because you're investing on your future. You're investing in your education. Um, which can lead to potential better career opportunities and income. Those are all good things that can line up. However, it's one is not to overborrow and focusing on a field of study that has actually a clear path of return on your investment. That's that's the biggest thing. Right. So, well, let me ask you real quick, Stephen. Um, did you get a bachelor's degree? I did. Are you currently using your bachelor's degree? It looks very fancy on my wall. Okay. So it's a nice, nice, you got a nice diploma up there. It has do. nothing to do with mortgage loans. In a, in a caveat. So I, I was in, most people know now, listen to this podcast, I was in the army. So right. I used a GI bill. I did not pay for my bachelor's degree. Well, I'm just asking about, I'm just asking about the degree you got. So I do have a degree, but I have zero student debt. And the career choice that I decided to go down, I did not have to have a bachelor's degree to do it. Gotcha. Same. I don't use my degree. No. So, I don't know. I think it is crucial to just say it again. Pay attention to the terms. Um, consider your career path. Are you taking 
out like a $100,000 uh, student loan for a career that you could make the same money in if you didn't have the degree? Why would you take out the loan if you don't need it? Um, but I just, every time I think of student loans, I think of one customer that I had who absolutely loved her job. She was making $42,000 a year and she had over $200,000 in student loans because she went to a private university and does not really use her degree. You know, so she wanted to buy a house and we just simply could not. Um, she could barely afford to pay rent, you know? And so I just don't know if she ever will buy a house unless she hits the lottery, gets a significant career change or um, buys with somebody that has a very decent income, you know? So it's just student loans literally prevented her from buying a house. Um, but, and student loans aren't the only um, thing that can, you know, help you uh, further your career. We can also look at, you know, debt for business purposes. So investing in your own business could be seen as good debt if it leads to business growth and increased income. Um, what's your thought on, you know, business loans? I mean, I think investing in your business is always smart. I mean, me and you both do that through coaching. You know, that's an investment into our into our. There's business. things that I pay for that help my career, correct? Yeah. So I, I think, so, I mean, we're talking kind of more of a grander scale of things. So I think it's lever leveraging debt to benefit you in the long term is a smart play. Like we've been saying over and over, are the terms right? And so it's more of do the terms make sense? So, um, but even good debt comes with the risk. It's all about how you're going to manage it with it. Right. And managing debt wisely is key. So understanding the interest rate, understanding the repayment terms, and your own financial capacity is essential. So um, two years ago, I helped a homeowner refinance to the same rate because their mortgage had a $50,000 balloon payment coming up. And they did not understand that when they signed the mortgage. So they didn't understand the terms. Same thing could be um, if you're buying equipment, knowing how long you have to pay for this equipment. Is it going to be worth anything 10 years later? You know, so I'm not really in the construction industry by any means. Uh, but I know that they need equipment, bulldozer. You know, what does maintenance look like on that? So if you got a loan to do the bulldozer, like get a bulldozer and it helps you um, get more jobs and stuff like that, what does that look like long-term? Are you going to be able to maintain it? You know, does it get to a certain point where it's now costing you more money than it's making? That's something to consider. Yeah, I, I think that when we kind of went over the, you know, not everybody's construction company here. So like the car, you know, can the car get you to work? Could you walk to work? Yeah, you could. Right. But your time versus the cost of the car is, is two different things. Dude, the average car payment is $700 right now. That's crazy. That makes me want to throw up a little bit. And that yeah. means average. And I can't tell you how many times where I've pulled credit on somebody and seen a car payment over $1,000. Oh, yeah. They, it is it is It is ridiculous. So... I mean, that's that could be going out of your, you know, looking at the terms of it. Do you really need that type of car to go to work back and forth? You know, some of it's people just style points to them. Um, so it depends on them. But I've had people and where they got, they got a thousand dollar car payment, they make thirty thousand a year. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> 
you can't almost half is going to it. Um, and then there's also like you go into a car dealership. Well, you know, I currently have a car, but I want to trade it in because I want something nicer. Oh, okay, well, you still owe twenty thousand dollars on this car, but it's only worth fifteen. But we'll just roll that negative equity into the new car loan that you're taking out. So then you're walking off, driving off the lot in a forty thousand dollar car, and yet you owe forty seven now. Yeah. Whoa. Wait. What? What? And remember, and that car just depreciated once you drove off the lot. Yep. Maybe you should have walked off a lot instead of driving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should have taken out a small personal loan for what you owed in negative equity and bought yourself a bike. There you go. <laughs> I don't, I don't like, I know, but don't get me wrong. Like, I know that some people do have to have a vehicle, uh, but it, sometimes people just look at it as like a status symbol. I'm still driving around in a 2017 Toyota Tacoma that's got like the paint starting to go. I need, I need a paint job. But I could care less about status symbol. Like, I'm good. I don't know. Gets you to point A to point B. That's that's what it does. And I mean, there's a lot of times where I work from home. There you go. So that's a big thing. So, but I think going over everything, not all good debt is good. Not all bad debt is bad. With it, you know, it you it's more about making the informed decisions, looking into the details and, and really investing in your future of what, you know, what that debt can be used to leverage for a benefit. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're going through it right now where people have a ton of equity in their homes. Derek, should I do a cash out refinance HELOC? Well, let's look, let's compare both. Let's find the best terms for you and see what route makes the most sense. You know, so for any listener that hears this, sees this, whatever, if, you want a second opinion on something, reach out to us. We'd be happy to look at something, uh, but just make sure that you understand the terms that you are signing up for, especially in our in our industry of mortgages. It's one of the biggest financial decisions you're going to make. You have to make sure that you understand the terms, the rates, uh, prepayment penalties, all different things that could lead you know, to either a wise investment or a poor one. I think that's exactly right. All right. Oh, that's anything else you want to add? I don't think so. I, I think it's more just like we just said, leveraging that debt for the good and understanding it all. I think you, you know, capped it out pretty well, but uh, I don't want anybody to miss our next episode where we're going to have our second guest on. So this will be second guest. This will be fun. Big time. What do you bet he talks about swimming? He might. He will. He might. He will. He'll definitely we'll see. Do it. We'll have to limit him. And if he's got <laughs> his video on, is he going to do one of these things with his hair? Oh, can't wait. It'll be great. It'll be great. So, thanks, everybody. Right. Thanks, Derek. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Brutally Honest Loan Officers podcast. I'm Derek Brown. And I am Stephen Brock. And we're happy that you could join us. We will see you next week. <laughs>